sleeping on the floor on a mattress. I had sold my furniture. I was using this computer to write the programs that some people are buying now on a computer that was dumped in the dumpster. It didn't hold a charge. It hung out. I was borrowing Wi-Fi through the walls of my neighbors. <laughs> so I could actually do something. I had tinfoil holding an antenna up so that I could get PBS for my kids. I was just broke as a joke. Welcome to the High Performance Health Podcast with your host, Angela Foster. The show where we talk about everything you need to break through limits and achieve a high performance mind, body and lifestyle. Hi friends, if you're going through any kind of struggle in your life at the moment or have been for some time and you're having, you feel like you're having to dig really, really deep and really create a new character in this process, um, there can come a lot of growth from these sorts of experiences. And I think life sends us challenges really for us to grow, but sometimes it can feel so hard and, and it can feel like you're climbing a mountain, but then almost when you get to the top of that mountain, you look down and there's another one, the other side, and then another one. And sometimes life's like that and you have to dig really deep and it can be really, really difficult because you feel like you've still got to show up as your best self, but you're struggling inside. And often as women, particularly, we really, really beat ourselves up. And and I always say that, you know, for, for many women, it feels like we've done six rounds in the boxing ring with ourselves by midday. And we don't need any extra criticism from anyone outside. Um, but getting on top of that and understanding actually how to embrace ourselves and our uniqueness and come from a place of self-love is something that I really had to learn um, when I went through clinical depression, because there's so much self-loathing as part of that process. But it really is a case of you can only pour from a full cup, not an empty one. And learning to love yourself is one of the best things that you can do and to harness really to create the experiences you want in your life. And if you're going through a difficult time, this podcast is short. Um, I apologize, the audio breaks up a little bit due to connection at times. But it's such an important episode um, because it's really going to give you some techniques to help you with whatever you're going through. Um, I'm sitting down with Danette May, who is an absolutely beautiful, amazing woman. And Danette is a keynote speaker. She's a healing facilitator on a variety of topics to entrepreneurs and growth-minded communities. But she also has taken herself from $47.00 and sleeping on the floor to three eight-figure businesses in six years. From $47 to three eight-figure businesses in six years, using unseen forces and energy to manifest what she's wanted in her life and really teaches us how to maximize energy and efficiencies to conquer our goals and also to come from that place of abundance and self-love. And she had so much to deal with from losing her baby to being in the depths of depression, financial ruin, going through a divorce. She had to completely reinvent herself at a time when she had two young children. She was borrowing Wi-Fi from the neighbors and and creating her online programs from a laptop that she'd pulled out of a dumpster that didn't even have a good charge. It's just such an incredible story. And I think that this is going to be a really transformational episode for you. So without further delay, let me introduce you to the amazing Danette May. So Danette, I am so excited to have you on the show today. First of all, a very warm welcome. 
Thank you. Excited to be here to chat with you and to talk all things, you know, health. I love it. Yeah, me too. It's amazing. I guess the first place I want to start really is you've overcome so many struggles, right, um, in your life and created not just one incredible, like, eight-figure business, but three in a very short space of time. And you're giving so much back to the world and everything that you do. You have a beautiful family, but it wasn't always that way. And I I really want to kind of dive into some of the mindset stuff here. But also, if you could just kind of briefly introduce your story um, for people, I think that would be a great place to start. Yeah, I always say that... um... We have these opportunities, which are like gifts wrapped in sandpaper, (laughs) or there are these rock bottom moments, which really help define your character and really sometimes find your. And I feel like a lot of what I went through that felt really difficult. So just to share with those who are listening, um, I went through this phase in my life where I was this health coach, you know, and talking with nutrition and doing and fitness. And I went through a rock bottom in that moment where I was basically living somewhat of a a lie and not following my intuition when it came to my relationship I was in, just trying to shove that down because it's just easier not to face it. And then my son passed away. Um, I had to go to the hospital right before he was born, was bleeding. And long story short, I home um, without him. And I went into a really deep depression and it was the space that I was unfamiliar with of not leaving the house and not wanting to be here in this life. And it really, this rock bottom time and what I would call this gift wrapped in sandpaper really led me to what my purpose is. And it was around healing foods, deep healing foods, not just healthy foods that I thought were good to talk about as a trainer or nutritionist, but true healing foods that will shift depression and will shift the chemical make in your system so that you are performing at your level. Um, and then it also got me into mindset. Um, how I can really shift this zip code of my thoughts and where I was going because you know, we all know that when you hit rock bottom, you tend to hit a couple more. And I did, I went into financial ruin. You know, I, I, I ended up getting uh, divorced from my spouse and it was really difficult period of time, which really stirred me up to create the true character of who I am today. And, and really led the mission and to the businesses that people see me as really knew that I needed one help myself first. And I started seeing that my clients love with the stuff that I was like learning through my down, I wanted to bring it to the masses. And that's really where the businesses were formed was through my mess. And um, just incredible story. But I mean, what's so amazing is that any one of those, and, and, you know, I've similar, uh, similarly struggled with depression, but any one of those things, right. Would bring so many people down. I mean, losing your son, just the most unimaginable pain, um, you know, losing your relationship in that way. And then the financial ruin you experienced any one of those, I guess the question I have in my mind, when you're bringing yourself up part of depression, because my, my experience of it was there's so much self-loathing. And I know that you come from a real place of self-love and how important that is to be able to then sort of pour from a, a full cup rather than empty cup. How did you overcome that? Because were you, was the inner critic inside you kind of beating you up or how, how did you get your head around it all? Yeah, I, in 
action. You know, and I feel like there's a scale of depression. So I want to be in deep respect for people who are in that whatever stage you are of depression, because not one, all the, the same look alike. And, you know, everyone has their own experience with it, but I do want to that I feel that I'm hopeful that I can share some stuff that will help someone that's in any stage, right. Of this depression. But, you know, I always look back on that time in my life. And at that time I was like sleeping on the floor on a mattress. I had sold my, I was using this computer to write the programs that some people are buying now on a computer that was dumped in the dumpster. It didn't hold a charge at home. I was borrowing Wi-Fi through the walls of my neighbors. <laughs> so I could actually do something. I had tinfoil holding an antenna up so that I could get PBS for my kids. I was just broke as a joke. And, but I would say that, and I didn't, I was alone. I'm this like young mom and the, like these young kids and just, just so downtrodden with, but the worst part was the negativity. I was in an onslaught of negativity going on in my head mom, you're a financial ruin. Your dreams are never going to happen. It just was nonstop. You're alone. You don't have any friends. Like you cause I didn't have, I was just like isolated. I had created that, um, which wasn't necessary, but I did kind of happens when you get into depression and self-loathing, you kind of isolate mm. and no one really knows that you're going through it. Um, so you have to find a way out. And honestly, and like a light bulb moment. It wasn't like, Oh, I'm going to, I, I honestly, one day at a time, one step at a time, what I, what I did have in my pocket at that time was I knew because I was a trainer that I had heard about movement exercise helps depression. Um, it's interesting to know that and then to feel it on a cellular level, because then I had to like, actually try to move when you don't feel like moving. I had to write down all Cause then I had heard that if you want to amount to anything, cause then I started like studying people that the greats of the greats, you know, the people that had passed on in this lifetime, like what made them so great. And one thing that I found out of all of them, like common denominator, out of all of them is they all had a chaotic past. So I was like, awesome. I am in chaos. <laughs> like, <laughs> like maybe there's some hope. And they all said like, you have to change your mental zip code. It's not about a a strategy of something or a connection with someone else, you've got to change your mental zip code. So that's why I've been on such a massive quest of radical self-love for myself, teaching radical self. -love. I think it's the fundamental basis of manifesting. We talk about now manifesting abundance and having the house and the relationship, but I'm like, got to get to the fundamental. And that comes from discipline that comes from, um, you know, eating healing foods that comes from exercising. And so I was writing down affirmations. I was moving my body. I was declaring the affirmations, especially when I didn't want to, when I was feeling really down on myself and the negativity was spiraling, I made a commitment and that's how radical you have to be. You have to like step in the fire, step uncomfortable, step in the things you don't want to do because are in hope that those things you don't want to do will actually make a difference. And over time they will. And they do because effectively you're reprogramming your subconscious mind. Right. But it's through that continuous spaced repetition. Absolutely. Um, 
And what did you do in the moments where, you know, you'd be caught unawares, you'd have negative thoughts? Would you then replace those as you went about your day with a positive affirmation immediately? Or kind of how did you sort of guard at the gate, if you like, of your mind? Yeah. One, so I'm going to give you a formula that I personally did. It, it was a kind of a comprehensive formula. One, I was making sure I was eating superfoods. So I went down to in cooking with five ingredients. So that was a formula for me because I noticed that food was making a difference with my brain, um, my fuzziness, my tiredness. So I was radical. The second thing, and I was studying about it. This is, I, I went into massive studying about brain fog, depression, superfoods, like natural stuff. And um, the second thing is I got rid of anything that was needed, any relationships, anybody on the phone, um, any, any, and, and actually that was the easiest. Cause I had kind of started to isolate. So I just want to say if someone's like, I feel super isolated, like that's better being around a bunch of negative people. So just, you know, remove yourself from anybody that's negative or toxic because you've got to rally around yourself. You've got to be your biggest rescue. This isn't the time to be hanging around people that are uh, negative or, um, not into the things that you're stepping into, whether it's healing foods or affirmations. And they're like, Oh, that stuff doesn't work. Move yourself because you got to be your biggest hero at this point. The third thing I did is I sat down and I wrote down all the things I was feeling about myself. Like you're a terrible mom, financial ruin. Um, you're never going to live out your dreams. You're never going to have a lot of money, all the things, right. That were just kind of on loop and they were the list of them. And then I wrote the opposite of those things. So I'm a, I'm a wonderful mom. I've, I'm a financial success. And I wrote them in the affirmative. I am, or I have not, I want, not, I want, but I have, I am. And I made a commitment in that moment after it's about a page and a half. And I folded it up and I said, anytime my brain goes onto a loop where I'm just kind of self-loathing or I'm sad, or this story's coming up that that may or may not be true. I may be broke as a joke, but I'm, I would pull out this sheet and there were days that sometimes it was every 15 minutes, but I made that commitment. And then I also made the commitment to move my body. And when I would move my body, we all know that it's not at the beginning of the workout or before that you feel motivated, but when you get done, there's this flow of oxygen in your body and you're at a prime state to actually cue the subconscious. So I would actually say really positive words after when the endorphins were high. And I feel that since I was joy, which we now, we know on a scientific level, how this actually works, this is how I did it to create it quicker was to move my body, get into that peaker state, and then to start declaring what I wanted for my life. Interesting. Yeah. It, it, for me, the same, I found exercise was the thing and that helped me transition off all meds and things like that. It, it's, it's the key thing when I, people say to me, why do you exercise so much for my mind? And it's not, yeah, it's, it's not, not actually like your body therapy. composition. <laughs> <laughs> huh? I go, yeah, it's like my therapy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's my therapy. And I went through a lot of therapists. Um, Let's talk then about, so I, I guess I want to talk about the foods, but also when we're looking at like that routine um, that you were doing in the morning when you would wake up to prime your state, a lot of people have, and, and you probably have already developed one now. For me, meditation also has been quite a big thing. And I'm always playing with that thing of, do I meditate first? Do I exercise first? Like what primes my state? And I was really curious what you found. 
if I were to say at that stage, when I was low, I wasn't meditating. Like I wasn't, I was exercising, which was my meditative state. If you, if you do anything on a constant running, biking, hiking, long walk, you do get into a repetitive meditative state. You don't have to sit and do this to be in a meditative state. So I want freedom and swimming laps can be very meditative. You've got to find your groove. Maybe sitting is your groove, but the thing is getting outside and getting that repetitive, rapid, rapid, like repetitive state or sitting like you could and do following your breath, which is also creating that. I was that at the time. I also didn't have a morning. Routine. I want to be really real with people. I literally started with these other things to recreate my life because I didn't have all the tools. And honestly, I was a single mom. My daughter, I, I always say she could smell when I would wake up because I would sneak out of my room at 4.30. I've done this. So quiet. And she knew. And so she would come down, want to sit in my lap. And as a new mom, just want to give permission to people that these things you see on social with everybody with the amazing morning routines. And you're like, oh my gosh, babies are all over me. How do they do that? You know, I was that. And I would literally like sit down and get her like a drink, get her a coloring book and try to stay in it. But I wasn't doing deep meditation. I just wasn't until it was nap time or, or whatnot. So now that I'm in a new space, there are teenagers now, um, to go off your question. I personally, I mean, I think it doesn't really matter. Like, um, I think we get stuck into these ideas that it has to be this way for it to be 100% effective. What I feel though, personally, is when you are at a state of feeling good or a state of love, that's when you're primed for the deepest meditation, for the deepest manifesting um, or in heart coherence. So for me, I like doing it after I move my body. I like, uh, but if I wake up and I'm in a state, then I may meditate. But the goal for me is to be in a good state to meditate personally, now that I'm going to another level, because it's easier to be in a good state. Now I'm in a different place in my life. Some people need to meditate to get into the good state. Now I'm optimizing even that. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And I think, as you say, it varies person to person, right. And where they are on their journey at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so what about you talk about, uh, about the kind of the unseen forces that are at play that you've got to kind of work with in terms of energy, um, I've, it's, it's something that I'm just fascinated by the whole kind of law of vibration and attraction. Can you wow. elaborate on that for people listening and, and what you found has worked? So can we, are we going there? We get, yeah, let's go there. Let's go all in conversations and they put them at, in like this woo woo. They're like, mm, I'm learning as a businesswoman. I'm learning as someone who's optimizing now at a different level, like I was in survival before, now I'm in optimization, that these forces were always at play, but now I'm really utilizing them um, consciously. So I really believe um, that everything is energy, everything from your thoughts to the physical things in your room to every human. And we hear this concept of you're connected to everyone and everything. I don't just say that, but I actually know that on a very deep cellular level. So if I'm connected to everything and everyone and everything I see, or it's a hologram within my thoughts, then I am connected to infinite possibility, infinite wisdom. Anyone that I look at that's the great of the greats 
or anyone that I think is amazing or this beautiful tree or this beautiful flower that lives in me. And so does even the dark, but I choose to see the beautiful, the powerful, the wise, and I try to tap into that. So, um, unseen forces to me is that that means what we would call ancestors that have passed on unseen forces. So every morning I do this thing called soul writing and it is what I do attribute to the success of my relationship with my children, my spouse, to my businesses growing super fast at a really, you know, quite quick rate for how long I've been in business is because I'll sit down and I will have this intention. And I even did it with children by me in the earlier days, but I would say, what would you have me know? And I sit down with this intention that I'm connected to it all. And I hire, or I light a candle and it's just, I, I know it's the intention that I'm connecting to infinite wisdom. And I ask, what would you have me know? And I write what comes up and business ideas have come up. Um, things about my kids that they're like, how did you know? And this is where the deeper wisdom has come for me. Which is so, I mean, that's so true, right? Because even when you think about it, when we talk about our thoughts, we don't, we say the thought came to me, it occurred to me, right? It comes from somewhere. It's from universal intelligence. It's not, yeah. you didn't just create that. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. really interesting. Um, did you, uh, when you were going through this process, did you use vision boards and things? Like obviously you saying you started with $47, but you've got such a huge mission out to the world. How did you make that happen? How did you grow that business with so little resources, for example? I mean, there's a whole thing that we did um, to grow that. I mean, what I first did, you guys, is I, like, and I talked to a lot of business entrepreneurs, like women in business, because I women in business. I mean, obviously it's, uh, it's powerful, but I find that a lot of women want to do it alone or they don't want to give up percentage of the profits or their business. So it's either control or profits or whatnot. And I came from the mindset that I'm happy to share profits. I just want to go far and fast. And I wanted to be yoked with someone with who thought different than me, had different skill sets than me. And so I used meditation to call in my business partner and I've now hired experts and I'm willing to share profitability. I'm willing to pay higher because I know where I want to go. And I do think that's made a difference. So I just, I do want to say that, um, with all of it, but I mean, there's so many different formulas, but I honestly was hiring experts and giving them skin in the game as well as, you know, you got to give away something free, not selling out your integrity at the early stages, because at the early stages, I wasn't making a lot. And, you know, I had a lot of people be like, Hey, will you mail for this? When I say mail, it's like an email to promoting something. It's doing really well. You're going to make money on it. And I knew it wasn't something I really believed in. And so I would say no. And that that holding on to that integrity and having playing the long game has paid off tremendously for me in business. Yeah. And I think for me, what I've noticed as well is it just feels, if it doesn't feel right, it's out of alignment. So yeah. you should only like, like yeah, yeah, exactly. If, it, if it's not alignment with your brand um, and what you believe in your values, what about the foods then? Let's talk about those because you were saying you did a huge amount of research into how what you were eating was really affecting your brain, the brain fog, the depression. Uh, let's yeah. talk about that. Yeah. Um, that are really powerful 
general for most of humanity. And I have to say there are some superfoods that there are outliers of people that probably shouldn't have them. So always taking that into mind. But um, for the most part, you know, for me, I would just started to study, you know, what foods anciently. So because I believe that a lot of this stuff that we think we're learning now has already been here before. It was it was anciently given, you know, back in Egypt time, Egyptian times. I mean, in Africa, the Mayans, the Aztecas, I mean, they had so much wisdom. And so I started really uncovering, like, what were they eating? What were they doing? And obviously I've created this deep love for cacao, like raw ceremonial grade cacao, um, because it is high in antioxidants. It contains a chemical called anandamide, which only two foods in the world do, which creates this feeling of love, the love vibration. And what we do know is that the love feeling, that feeling of unconditional love is actually the fundamental feeling for manifesting anything. It's the heart coherence. So then I started getting like, wow, so there's something to cacao is used as a currency over, you know, coin at the time, because it, it is the brain opener. It is a cellular opener. It, it opens your heart and it's full of superfoods. So, I mean, all these antioxidants and, and, you know, magnesium, all these different chemicals that are so for you. So then I was like, okay, playing with that. And then I would find different um, superfoods in, you know, India and around the world. And how can I infuse them all together to create an elixir that you can drink? That's actually pleasurable, but give such a big bang for your buck and also for your time. Right. So I, that's just been something I've been super fast around. So there's a lot of superfoods, but I like say cacao, turmeric, ginger. Those are some of the core easy ones that we can get that are so powerful and potent, how they're cultivated does matter. If they're organically grown ceremonial grade and just regular raw cacao, obviously cacao over cocoa powder is tremendously better 300 times better. So I don't even bother with cocoa. Um, but yeah, so that, I mean, those are just some coconut oil is really great as well. Like a really good coconut oil. These are things that, um, I'm super, I make sure I get every single day. Yeah. I was looking at one of your reels actually around what you eat in a day. And I think the thing that really struck me was how much you nourish your body and come from a place of kind of adding in stuff that's really going to nourish your mind and your body, as opposed to a lot of, I feel like a lot now there's too much conversation around how can I kind of stress my body out to make it more resilient all the time? Like, how can I do 20 hour fast? How can I do this? How can I, do you know what I mean? And it's, it's, I love of, that you're saying it girl. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Isn't it? And it's almost, it's still very masculine. And I feel like my, you know, for me, it's all about embracing that femininity. Right. And, and really showing ourselves that self-love and nourishing our bodies and, and being kind of grateful for things, but giving ourselves things rather than coming from this place of lack. Oh, I must like, you know, go and do however many workouts a day and fast for 20 hours a day. And it's just you know, throw myself in cold pools. And it's quite masculine still. I almost think we need to embrace the feminine a bit more. And that's what I loved about your videos. Oh my gosh, I love that you're claiming this. I hope you keep honest because I don't have a lot of people claiming this. And it's true because actually a lot of these tests or that we're seeing were done on men. They weren't done on women. And so we, we, as women are taking on these tests that are testing men's hormones, like with these intermittent fasting, and it may not be good for your blood and it may, and your chemical makeup. And I love how you're saying 
it almost has this energy of how much can I stress the body or how much can I like make myself in an uncomfortable state for my goals, right? Versus eating because it's pleasurable. And for me, I found is that the more the more I better better I feel my hormones are like I get blood work and they're always like you have the most balanced hormones of anyone and I really think it's because I come from this philosophy of like it's not that I always eat what people clean all the time. it's because I'm coming at food with energy of love and I love I eat pleasurable food like it's pleasurable to me and I really am a big advocate on that yeah, I can see it. And you like your skin's glowing and it really shows. And I just I think for people to hear this and embrace that so much more, because that's actually what ran me into trouble in my twenties when I was a corporate lawyer, like working really hard, you know, just ignoring all this, staying up late, exercising at, you know, like three o'clock in the morning sometimes when documents being typed. I ended up with PCOS, insulin resistance, endometriosis, then depression, all these things. And I've gone full circle like you. And it's about embracing like, how can I add in more nourishing, healthy foods, you know, self-love, meditation, exercise. And I just think that that's probably one of the fastest ways to change your life, right? Totally. I agree. 100%. Oh, amazing. It's so lovely to chat to you. Um, where can people find, because I know you have these amazing cacao or cacao products that people can buy. You have so many courses. I think you've published seven books. Um, can you link to everything so people can come and find you? There's probably my website. You can um, link to the superfood company through that website and all programs, but at may.com. And then if you want to follow on social, which, you know, I'm going to be starting a podcast too, which I'm so excited about because I feel like I can really express who I am that social can't do. But if you like following on social, you can go to the Danette on Facebook or Instagram. Amazing. We'll link to all of that in the show notes. It's been so lovely to chat to you, Danette. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. As always, the show notes will be over on my website, AngelaFosterPerformance.com forward slash podcast. And you can download the transcript there together with the show notes and all of the other resources that I have on my website, AngelaFosterPerformance.com. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening. Remember to review and subscribe. You can grab the show notes, the resources and highlights of everything Angela mentioned over at AngelaFosterPerformance.com. You can also snatch up plenty of other goodies, including the highly helpful Angela Recommends page, which is a list of everything she personally recommends to optimize your mind, body and lifestyle.